everyone, and welcome to the Maiden Vault Podcast and a Song of Ice and Fire reread podcast focused on the female point of view chapters. I'm Court. And I'm Mike. And this week we are discussing Daenerys 2 and a Game of Thrones. Yeah. Yeah. A lot to talk about this week. A whole lot. All right. So let's just jump right on into this summary. Okay. So we meet Daenerys again on the day of her wedding to Cal Drogo, the Dothraki horse lord. Um, the festivities and customs of the Dothraki are very different than anything she's ever seen or experienced before. So during the feast, she's presented with several gifts, paramount of which are three petrified dragon's eggs. As the wedding party comes to an end, Drogo presents Danny with a horse of her own, and they ride off together to consummate their marriage. So where would you like to begin this week, Mike? I think we should definitely start with the setup of this wedding. Yeah, because it was interesting. It kind of opens up on pretty much her descriptions of what has happened to the city of Pentos. Yes. Because the wedding is going to take place and how the Dothraki, which I would imagine, I mean, they Drogo had a group of people with him, but now he's brought his entire Kalazar. 40,000 people. 40,000 people. And they've all kind of set up camp outside. Let's talk about for a second before we even go into like the numbers of that. Like, Mm -hmm. what's How would you describe what a Kalazar is? Like, Man, I don't know. It's kind of like a a large, a very large grouping of individuals who who are very comfortable traveling together. Like a nomadic. Yeah, they're definitely yeah. An, a nomadic tribe or mm-hmm. a nomadic people mm-hmm. um, where when they set up in a space, they probably are able to do so in a very quick yeah. fashion. Like yeah. they even talk about yeah. a little bit of how they were able to kind of set up directly outside of, uh, you know, Pentos. Like they built like grass houses mm-hmm. and like platforms so that they could have the ceremony yeah and, they and needed a way to quick. get all of their horses and all of their gear yeah. in and out mm-hmm. probably in a very quick and and formally fashion mm-hmm. and this isn't something that's new this is something that is very well worn so they've done yeah. this a lot yeah yeah that's that's just reading it it was crazy because it was just a lot of the language behind it it's supposed to be off-putting, I'm assuming. Mm-hmm. So it's just like a lot of like barbaric, blah, 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 blah. Like yeah, they, very, use, a, the la- they use the word, language. yeah, barbaric a lot. And they and they talk about them being like odd or strange or anything like that. But it's, it's kind of amazing, like the, the, the technological advances they seem to have, like how quickly they were able to kind of erect like a dwelling for all mm-hmm. of those people. Because like you said, that's 40,000 people that were just on the Dothraki side alone. Yeah. So, and you got to think that they also have to accommodate some Pintoshi because obviously Illyrio has people as well. Mm-hmm. Um, not to say like Danny and and Viserys, they don't really have family. Yeah, it's not like the them. wedding party was was excessive no. on, on their end. This on was more end, like, yeah. hey, we have a grand, you know, showing mm-hmm. for for the cow. Yeah. And we need to have this show in a way that like we know that we've done it before. Mm-hmm. So it's very comfortable for them to do that. So mm-hmm. yeah, they have this set up and this isn't something that they haven't done before. No. But I think on this scale, in that way, directly outside of Pentos, it has to have some very specific implications yeah. in the way that they do it. Because yeah, how does that look when, like, not just normally, because at first, remember, Drogo was at the, 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 manse, the manse. Yeah. But now directly outside of Pentos, is this huge number of individuals mm-hmm. and they're all set up like right outside your city yeah. and you're just like man yeah how do you feed 
all of them. Well, here's the thing. It seems like they brought their own food, right? So, I mean, they, they chow down on, like, horse meat and stuff like that, which is their custom. I mean, the horse is literally everything to them. Mm-hmm. They worship it, but they also use it for sustenance. They use it for clothing and, and weaponry and all kinds of stuff. Um, I think what was most interesting to me, and I think we kind of talked about this a little before, was the fact that they don't not know how to be, quote unquote, I don't even, you know what? I'm not even going to use that word. I was going to say civilized, like in quotes, just because, but I mean, they don't know, they don't know, not know how to integrate themselves into Pintoshi culture because when Danny first sees them, I mean, they are, they're dressed in Pintoshi fashion. Mm -hmm. They are, I mean, they don't necessarily speak the language, but they, they know what it means to present themselves according to the culture of the place that you're in. They sure do. Yes. So to me, it's so crazy to me that they had these ideas of them being barbaric just because, you know, when they decide to celebrate in their own culture, in their own way, it's it's, different and opposite to what the Pintoshi would do, which is very funny because, and, and I would like to get the opinions of what the Pintoshi culture looks like to a Westerosi. Mm -hmm. Um, because those are very different. Yeah. So it's, it's it's it was very interesting to me because it was just like, you know, and again, we're seeing it from a kid's point of view. So she's just like, well, I've never seen anything like this in my life. Exactly. And this, this is, is all wild. very strange yeah. and, and foreign to me. Mm-hmm. But it's just uh, it's it's the class, the classist nature of, mm-hmm. of how it's described and then specifically how Danny feels in in relation. Yeah to to this and in this moment mm-hmm. is is also you know set upon her and in, in the way that she's internalizing her own feelings yeah about having to be you know not just like a guest at this wedding but to be a, a person like of a, honor like a person at, like at a, this, a at this wedding point. like she's the focal point of yeah. this so i think that there's a lot of emotion already swirling oh, around course. this even in the way that that it's kind of being presented but also the way that she's presenting it as well and and no, I agree with you. Like, I think that, because we'll get into talking about, like, her own personal feelings of this, but it's just very interesting that it opens up very broadly because this 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 whole entire portrait, even from her point of view, has been painted by Illyrio, and Illyrio representing a member of the ruling class of the Pentoshi. Yes. So the Pentoshi, they're feeling some type of way because of how the Dothraki have seemingly taken over their their dwelling like they were totally fine with appeasing them with gifts as long as they kept it kind of small but the fact now that they're there in large numbers and they feel like mm-hmm. they can't control them yeah is very scary to them and i just thought that that was i don't know it was a little interesting i don't know i felt about like them just basically being like we have to double our security now because they're like it's just like one you invite people in you're doing all these deals because you 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 are getting something in return like both of y'all, y'all have a relationship. So to pretend and act like it's not a relationship that y'all have not had for a while, like this is not a trade agreement that y'all have had for a while. Yeah. And then to to just be like very like, oh, like, like it's it's again, it's coded deeply in that that I will smile in your face, but I will call you all kinds of whatever slurs behind your yeah. back. Or sometimes and it's just, not even behind your back. Yeah, like right it's, to your face. It's so crazy. So <laughs> yeah. It really truly is. Yeah. And 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 once again, it's it's another one of those we've opened up on another chapter and the stage is being set for something much grander. Yeah. Not to say that like what takes place isn't as grand or oh, no, or, I know you yeah, exactly yeah. like to, to glorify very you're like going out of our way uh-huh. to look at how much time and attention is being paid 
to just the the um, bombastic nature of this of this wedding mm-hmm. and and kind of all of the dothraki that show up because it doesn't i guess it doesn't need to be called out how many people show up but it is and just like mm-hmm. the scale of it is something that like then in your head you have to go well if i have a wedding party and i have 100 guests i'm thinking it's in this one one space if I have a wedding party and it has a thousand guests it's in this one space mm-hmm. tell you 40,000 people are going to show up to a spot i'm like i don't know how many people fit in like madison square mm-hmm. garden yeah. but it's it's a lot of people mm-hmm. that you're you're putting into one space so but they had to have known and that's my thing they did specifically because like i don't know how influential illyrio is amongst the other magisters i imagine he's quite powerful in 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 his level of influence when it comes to that um to have one been in a position where he he's brokered this deal Mm -hmm. and he seems to be in a position where he can understand the cost and and cost benefit analysis Mm -hmm. of the entire thing Mm -hmm. and to him it's just like well it makes so much more sense to do this and do this this way and allow them to go through this custom because mm-hmm. it's something that they can't fight back at yeah and at this point they couldn't already, they couldn't win you've already signed that deal yeah and yeah we're going to move forward with this speaking of that that's actually mm-hmm. a really good point because now we're i want to talk about um the and i don't think it was the day before it doesn't really say it just says maybe one like night, sometime before, sometime before yeah. the wedding they're having a dinner and at that dinner we start to get a lot of what danny is feeling herself yes a lot of the fears that she has um and she gets to to kind of internally voice to us the reader what she's thinking about the people that are around her and what they have to do with what is going to happen to her so Mm -hmm. i have a direct quote um and it's actually a piece of a direct quote so she was just thinking about um everything leading up to it and she just says the night that danny had been sold to cal drogo and that struck out to me because even as a 13 year old kid she understands that the men in that room have not only made a very important life decision for her, but they've they've done it as a transaction. Yes. And she's a commodity to be bought and sold. And she she understands that. Um, I don't even know if she has the capacity to kind of be angry about it yet, because I still think she fears to be angry at them. I don't know. Um, yeah, it doesn't feel like there's inherently a safe space yeah. for her to move to move through that no. uh, we know point blank she is deathly afraid of her brother she's so afraid of him and, and God, God. I, I was just gonna say like and i i feel like in that same vein there's probably a verse there, there's a level of fear that comes with illyrio uh-huh. that she probably doesn't know how far she can push that because to an extent she's been with well she's been with viserys her whole life yeah so she knows more about the way that she can deal with him mm-hmm. um at this point having been pushed into this marriage mm-hmm. and and not really having an opportunity or an option to move past that mm-hmm. she doesn't know i would imagine she can't formulate a a strong enough opinion to would you i'm making i'm, 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 I'm more making so a face about just like because... figuring out how she could deal with illyrio well yeah that's what i mean like go ahead and finish your thought i just i have something to say in opposition no, to please, that that's go all. ahead um no i feel like she has a very strong opinion on everybody there already like mm-hmm. i just feel like she doesn't think that she can physically or not physically but she can't vocalize it but she can she has all the internal thoughts oh. about all of them i think she number one she's afraid of viserys but she thinks he's stupid and she understands that Illyrio's running the show mm-hmm. she maybe hasn't known him that long but she understands that he has power yes and she knows that he's the one executing every single thing that's that's going on she knows that he's the one 
that basically, even if, let's say even if, and you can you can jump in at any time if you think this is wrong, but even if it was Viserys's idea to be like, hey, who do you know that will broker something for me to get an army? Can I give them something? And 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 even if he was the one to say, oh, can I get Daenerys married to somebody? It was Illyrio that came and said, oh, the Dothraki. Yeah. It was, in my opinion, no, I don't no, know. No, that no, could no. have I'm, not been the no, case. No, I'm, I'm with you on that because at, at what point would Viserys have been in a position to to leverage the only thing that he has, which is his name, mm-hmm. in 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 any kind of offering, yep. because it, it would have to be Illyrio speaking on their behalf yep. to say, well, here here's what we can offer you, mm-hmm. and here I, you're looking for X. Yeah, I can give you X, Y, and Z. Yeah, what can you afford us? Um, because and you can you can get into some more of 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 her feelings well yeah like a lot of that because everything you said i think that she's kind of going through and she's talking through and there's a point in which they start arguing a bit not really arguing but i mean they're they're going they're going back back and and forth forth, in which viserys is as viserys always is very impatient and very well you know when i get my x y and z and how soon is I'm you know, basically how soon am I going to get my army? How soon are we going to invade Westeros to take my stuff back? And Illyrio is just like, oh, well, you know, that's not really how it works. And I forgot to tell you yeah. that it actually isn't going to be, you know, tomorrow. It's going to be more like whenever Khal Drogo thinks it's ready. Exactly. So and I actually have he, a direct quote. Oh, of course. I, yeah. yeah. I, mean, I was I was thinking like maybe I, I wrote something down. I did um, on page 100. It mm-hmm. goes, Viserys seethed with impatience. I piss on Dothraki omens. The usurper sits on my throne. How long must I wait? Mm-hmm. At which, at this point, Illyrio just shrugs mm-hmm. and goes, I have no idea how long that's going to take yeah. because it's up to them to decide when they want to do it. So Danny's sitting here yeah. and she's she's probably, she's sitting at this table watching this scene kind of mm-hmm. unfold while they're making like very important decisions around her life Mm -hmm. for something that she doesn't even have any real stakes in like i guess it's important for her no she has stakes she has stakes let me let me not say it that way but like her stakes are are tied to her brother's stakes which for him his goal is oh you mean stakes of like getting back what they're getting getting out of it but to her and and you can correct me if if, if i'm wrong is there any point at this dinner that she questions whether or not it's important for her to get Westeros as a part of this deal. No, she doesn't even, she's not. So at this point, she's not even thinking about what Westeros means to her. It's so much tied to what her brother is, is trying to get out of it. Mm -hmm. And this dinner turns into this weird understanding of the transactional nature of this wedding. And, and, it's just so funny to me that Viserys, for someone who cares so much about wanting to make sure that people know his legacy, mm-hmm. is so quick to move off of the one other person who was a part of his legacy oh, yeah. into just like, well, here and take her because that means I have an army and and Illyrio going, we'll pump your brakes. If you read the fine print, mm-hmm. you actually don't get your army for three to five years. And he says, well, a pox on that, the blood of the dragon, <laughs> such and such and such and such. Yeah. So, I mean, you, you had the right of it, but we kind of talked about this, I think, the last episode mm-hmm. where it's just like, 
I don't think that it's that he is so quick to give her because again, in his delusions of grandeur, for lack of better things to say about him, mm-hmm. he still thinks that once he gets everything back, he can just like get rid of Drogo and Danny's going to be there anyway. And that will be the end of it. Yeah. Like he kind of feels like, cause again, he thought about it in the immediacy. Like it, he didn't know about this, this trip because then Illyrio starts talking about, well, all right, well, you have to wait till after the wedding and then you have to wait until, you know, okay, they have to make the trip to Vyastothrak. Oh, yeah. And then uh, <laughs> they have to do the ceremony at Vyastothrak. And then if, you know, the winds are right, if they're feeling good, and if the omens say that they're yeah, good. If he feels like if it. If he feels like it that day, then they might consider going west. At no point did he think about the fact that he was going to try to talk Khal Drogo, who he knows no Dothraki. No. So he wasn't going to communicate these things to him. He mm-hmm. always needs an intermediary, mm-hmm. which that's shady in and of itself, saying, I'm going to trust Illyrio to say the things that I need him to say. But at what point did he go, well, you know what? I'm going to fashion off my sister and I'll get this army. When are we going to get on some boats and go across? Well, again, and because so here's the, the thing. Sea. We're getting all this again, bringing it back around to Danny because mm-hmm. that's what we're, we're yes. discussing. We don't know because he's not the focal point here. But what we do know is that everything he's said out loud, his body language, his words, his 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 cadence, everything about him that Danny can observe. At this point, I would imagine she's very good at observing him and, and, and recognizing his behaviors and his his mood swings and whatnot. Yes, she does not see any evidence that he knows what he's doing. That he really has any kind of foresight beyond the Iron Throne. He does not see the trappings around it, which is wild again because of that. That, And I don't want to keep talking about Viserys. Just no, because no, no. I can't, no, 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 it's not that. It's just, I just, it is, it is, it is a, is a different conversation to talk about like why Danny is so much more observant than him, given her younger age. And just given her station. And I guess it's because, again, she has to. Yeah, like she, that's, that's, the survival one, mechanism. that's the one survival mechanism that she really, really has a hold on is she has to be super, super yeah. observant. And you of get so much of that her. throughout this entire chapter, because yeah. right after that, that exchange, we get so much of the the way that she sees. Oh, all of them. All of them. Specifically Illyrio. Illyrio and... and- like so, she's I'm sorry. Go no, ahead. I, I'm just because I'm, I'm I'm so pressed because there's a part of it which is I'm so excited that in Pentos they have honey duck. <laughs> That's cool because that sounds delicious with some peppers. Yeah, it does. The part that doesn't is the greasy nature with which Illyrio consumes all of yeah. his food, and I imagine there's like a lot of hand mouth. Well, yeah, feel with course. everything. I mean, of course that. They and just it, greasy yeah. beer, but I think one thing I I would like to not gloss over before we 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 keep going with this. Oh no, no, of course. Is we have to talk about why Jorah Mormont <laughs> is here, and I don't want to spend a lot of time on it, but I think it's very important to point out. Well, I don't want to talk about that, why, but why does Danny think? He's why does here? Danny think he's here? And it it's just she talks about how he even came into their their service and em- employ. Oh yeah, he 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 he. he he he's, he positions himself in a way to be very connected to Viserys at this point, where Viserys, again, not asking any questions of the nature of why people do things. Mm-hmm. He just says, oh, you're, you ride for the dragon? Cool, sign here. 
which what do you mean does, sign here? He gets I mean, Jura, nothing in writing. Jura doesn't sign anything. You, 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 you and these, 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 these. <laughs> I don't know what it is that you, you, you and your little. It's just in my your in little my head, stories, my, my little skits, your it's, little skits. My I little like skits. them. I like your little I, skits. Well, I wish, I wish some of them actually did come to pass. <laughs> Here's the thing, though, man, and that's the thing. Again, if we're talking about who around her, she has like keen observations for. One, she thinks Illyrio is scary. And, and greasy and nasty and she does not trust him but she can't stop it so she's just like whatever he's gonna be here Viserys is scary but he's also stupid so she's just like I'm really mad that I have to be under the control of this crazy goon but fine mm-hmm. Jorah she's just like alright at the time of our meeting that very night he just started couch surfing he was just here and he's not been gone since No, and I don't get it but okay, it's cool. Like she's kind of like at this point, I don't think that there were even any like words of admiration. Like the first time she met him, she was it was kind of very interesting like, to, for oh. her to see a, like a real like not the Rocky Star, a Westerosi. real Westerosi night. And they've yeah. given her like they as in Viserys has get, have given her so many like tales and stories of like what it is to be a Westerosi night. Mm-hmm. And you know you you hear these stories as a kid it's like oh that's cool that's a cool thing to see but at this point it's just like he's here and he's he's always intercutting his opinion into conversations yeah for some reason his his opinion became very very valid in a very short period of time yeah he's he's been able to position himself in into these rooms of power and she's like viserys questions none of it and viserys is just real cool i don't want to say where he should or shouldn't be it's just very odd at that time, considering when they had met him, and let's call it a week, let's call it two weeks yeah. since they met him, he's now inside Illyrio's house eating dinner with them at their table of honor? That doesn't make sense to me. It makes sense in the sense, here's my thing. It makes sense because, again, and I don't want to, again, I'm thinking about Danny because that's, I ain't gonna hold you, I don't care about what Viserys is doing, like, his, his lost cause. <laughs> But for real, like, it makes sense in the sense that they are both starved for people that are like them. You're right. And by people, I mean, like, Westeros, you know what I mean? And it's just, like, the idea that, like, if he can get someone from the land that he has been dreaming about taking back for his entire, like, memory, the memory, like, I would say that he can't remember a time in which he didn't want. I mean, he was, what, seven, like we said, or something like that. So he, he needs it. He needs, he needs that that approval from a person from that land and he needs that assurance that that person can not only swear fealty to him but that he possibly could bring other people in too even though he know but the yes. thing is and this is the okay. thing about danny she's like logically you know that that's very unlikely because he's a he's an exile and the people there don't even bang with him so like the thing i i don't get is the thing that danny doesn't get it's just like that's all fine and good because i also think it's kind of cool to have somebody mm-hmm. from here but why are you not asking questions? Yeah, why are we just accepting? Why are we just accepting value? this? Exactly. Okay. Why are you so inviting? That's, that's super fair. And because he's the, he's desperate and she's just like, it's almost weak to look at him. He will accept scraps from anybody's table if that will get him what he seems is closer. And he's not making any strategic moves. He's just taking everything. Yeah, it's just he's there and, yeah. and it, it feels very opportunistic. No, I'm talking about Viserys. Well, I'm also talking about Viserys. Oh, yeah. I thought you meant <laughs> no, Jorah. I'm like, what? I mean, Jorah too. But no, oh, yeah. no, no. It's, it's, it's Viserys. Oh, yeah. Like, like is, yeah. None of this is his hard work. These, it's these just are, like, what can people give options that me? put him in a space where yeah. he can get something out of it. Yeah. It, every, it, 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 all of it just feels so transactional 
with with him in mm. what am I going to get? But Transaction means you have to give to get. No, he's what, not willing to give. So what I'm saying is he's he's buying everything on credit. I guess you're, you're he's right. buying everything on credit <laughs> and not asking any questions. He doesn't know what the terms of agreement are. He doesn't know what the percentage values are for his return. And he hasn't tried to make any payments back. So that's he that's doesn't the other think he part has that, to, but that I don't get anyway. No, 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 no. You moving finish on. The thought. I just <laughs> no because we need He's to move so on from, from Viserys because we have more Viserys to get to. But I think it's important that we also frame around this discussion, kind of Danny's other thoughts while we're here. Oh yeah, um, yeah. Because there's more. There's more to this conversation. Yeah. That that takes place. Oh yeah. Well, I mean. The whole conversation was just about what Viserys is going to get from the Dothraki, what the Pentoshi are scared of about the Dothraki. So a lot of Danny's thoughts are connected to what she thinks and then feels about the Dothraki, which at this point, to be honest, is not much. She just knows that she's really, really afraid. And she doesn't really understand why it had to be her that this is happening to. I mean, she knows why it has to be her. I'm sorry, I should rephrase that. But she doesn't understand really why he would do something like that. You know what I mean? So... Light bulb. I have a question. Oh, please. And I, this isn't a thing oh, that we I had talked a question about before, before too. But go ahead. Um, and I hope that this jogs your memory for it, or if you still I hope, ask I hope, it. I hope this is the same question I wanted to ask. How come Viserys was not the one being married off? Was there no value in having him married off to some high lord's daughter in in Pentos, or like was there no other way to get the same value? In, in armies and soldiers by getting gold and boats and purchasing soldiers because it's not like there aren't mercenaries or, or, or free riders in, in those free cities. So I, why did it have to be Daenerys? So that is the point of this podcast, my guy. That is literally the point of this podcast is to talk about how women in this world are commodities and how they feel about being commodities. And at what point in their lives do they realize that they are commodities? Okay, and even and, and even across different like social classes, what does it mean in those circles? You know what I mean? Yes. Like we've talked about a little bit, and I don't want to dive into that right now, but we can always pull back from things that we've talked about. We talked about Kat, and we talked about her relationship with her own betrothal, and then it, and and how she felt about her daughters, and how Arya even as a seven year old, sorry, nine year old starts to think about herself as, well, what kind of wife would I be? Okay. It's because they are taught at a very young age. And here's the thing. Women are just, they're currency, so they are more valuable so than a man. So value in being, hey, I can give you. So let's say Viserys is married off to the highborn daughter of so-and-so. His children with her will still be of his own lineage. lineage. It's not as, it's not like, so that father will be losing Oh, so there's no value in the father daughter. saying, hey, I'm just going to give up my daughter. Yes. So it's not like- Hey, we could send a letter to yes. someone in Dorne and have him married off. Uh-huh. Hey, there you go. Put that put that on the board with the pins. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. Should, we should go back to that. But no, but I mean, because that is actually a plot point in the story eventually. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. Don't I, I don't know why that's not a thing but, that, um, that could have been worked No, out. but it's, it's because it's still not as... Here's the thing, too. Like, to marry off a daughter, too, you got to think about this. You gain power, but you also have to lose money. Yeah. And Viserys wanted money. Viserys needed money because it only worked if if he had the actually, money. Actually, no, that actually doesn't make sense because he would have had to pay Drogo something because the dowry comes from the bride's family. So, so then Illyrio put up. I'm just trying to. I mean, so what he got again? He he got an arm like Viserys. Like, yeah, I don't know. 
I still think it was just easier for him to sacrifice Danny because he's selfish. But yeah. also the fact that women and girls are like you are, said, there's 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 currency yeah, exchange there's currency. for a for a woman in in, in this society. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, drop a pin in that. I kind of yeah. would like to come back around yeah. on. I did actually think about that about too, but I'm Viserys and and kind of what that means. Yeah. to offer himself up. Yeah. Um, but that never being a question that comes up, at least not here, not something Mm-mm. that you know Daenerys yeah. is is going over. Speaking of Viserys, though, because I would like to move on to what happens that night. Yes. Because then I just got me a thinking too. She goes to sleep and she has this real wild dream about her being chased by Viserys. And he's being very belligerent and he's being very violent and she's naked and she's trying to get away from from him. And her body is very like weighed down and she cannot get away from him. Mm -hmm. And as soon as he comes up to her or gets to her, when she turns back around, it's a dragon. Like Viserys' form is gone. He's a, he's a, or not he, there is a dragon in his place. So what I would like to talk about is what do you think the dream meant? Because I think it was like a double-coded meaning for me. Yeah, so much of that dream comes across as a a, a way for Danny to deal with this trauma. Yeah. Like the very what trauma that, like of what they what were happened. discussing that night. And it also is the ongoing trauma that exists at all times when dealing with her brother. Of course. Um, the nakedness is mm-hmm. is very it's it's an easy analog to draw for the level of vulnerability mm-hmm. an individual has. Like yeah. at least when you have clothes on, it feels like you're wearing armor, like you're of shielded, course. you're guarded, yeah. you're safe in, in, in some form or fashion. Mm-hmm. When you're naked, you bear all truth, all truth. to 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 yeah. the world. Um it's interesting that even in this dream, this dream space where you know we we go to dreams to sometimes have peace of mind or or safety from like the realities of of life where she still can't feel comforted um i mean that's in, in a the lot space. of people but that so is that is also dream, and comfort as well I mean, and, it can bring like you said the honesty and truth of what like you like people hide all kinds of feelings within them exactly so that's why i said like and, there's trauma yeah that she has to move through and and that she continues to move through and in, in, in this dream space she's very quickly dealing with and adapting to i i think we have differing opinions when it comes to how the dragon part of this dream works well i don't think it's differing i think that it's is it it's similar. so same? here's my thing so i think it is a bit prophetic because of, of course i mean the easy pull specifically for people who have already read through the story and know what is going to happen to daenerys on her journey it's easy to say that like i mean the first thought i had was well the first okay Actually, let me start with the second thought I had, which is if I'm reading this for the first time, I'm seeing Viserys waking the dragon come to life, right? Yes. And it's just like, okay, well, here comes this dragon. He's been threatening me with this dragon. He finally turned into a dragon. I'm about to die or whatever happens when you're attacked mm-hmm. by a dragon. The second part of it, and I think this is the part we agree on, is that it's not necessarily Viserys, but it's herself. Okay. Yeah. And that it is prophetic in a way because we do know they eventually... It takes for Viserys to 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 not be here anymore. Spoiler alert: mm-hmm. for Viserys to die, and her to then gain a level of power that she never had in her life because he was there, kind of holding it all for himself, and it kind of releases this dragon within her. Also, just the idea, like I just had this thought just then. I didn't even write it down, but it's just like the manner in which she does eventually get her own dragons, like her real live physical dragons. She was naked and surrounded by fire. So yeah, 
Okay. You know, again, like I said, it's kind of prophetic. I don't, I didn't want to take away from you. So no, I don't, what not do you at all. I, I, I think that we actually do do sit in line. I, I thought we were on opposite ends where it was uh, thinking that Viserys was the dragon transformed, but somehow she ended up embodying that dragon. Mm-hmm. I think the interesting analog either way yeah. is her ability to transform through that adversity mm-hmm. to have the thing that is the most um, harmful to her being just destroyed and, and yeah. kind of yeah. put in a place where it can no longer harm her. But Which is interesting, though. Why do you say that? It's Because the thing that was most uh, most scary, it, Viserys and his presence, was replaced by something that most people would think was even scary. Like, you see gaunt Viserys, and again, I'm not, this is not to discredit the actual grimy, disgusting, terrible behaviors and abuse that he laid onto her. Yes. But I'm just saying it's funny because, like, her comfort comes in something that almost universally, if anybody saw a fire-breathing dragon in real life in their face, they would be terrified of. Some and she did would. wake up in a, and you know, she woke up in a cold sweat. Um, you said some of us would? Some of us would, but- You, you know, wouldn't be? No, I would, I would <laughs> love it. Um, she says that it was actually the most fearful she had been yeah. in some time. She says that is until the morning of the her morning wedding. The morning of her wedding, yeah, and let's get into that. That's man. just like, Yeesh. because that is so much of this chapter yeah. and so much of it has been leading up into yeah. this, this wedding. I think it's important that we kind of talk about Danny's fears and anxieties when it kind of comes to just everything going on. Everything yeah, with just this everything wedding. going on. All yeah. right, so let's yeah, start there then. I mean, yeah, it's a lot to talk about with this wedding. Um, so our first image of her there, she's sitting on the dais, and I wouldn't even call it a dais because it's like this brand new like platform that the Dothraki have like erected out of. I don't even know if they built it with actual like materials or if they kind of like dug out yes yeah, spaces spaces into the ground. Um, either way. They got like the best construction crew in the world because they're up here making everything like mad fast. And yeah. they probably clean up math quick too. Like they just, probably they're very, very efficient. Very short turnaround time. Yeah, they're efficient. You know, whatever else you can say about them is they know how to make things work on the road. So um, yeah, a lot of it has to do with her kind of looking out into the crowd because I think the biggest thing about her for the majority of this chapter is her thinking about how by herself and alone she is. Like she is not really being approached by anyone until like the gift part. Nobody really talks to her. Nobody's really coming to ask her how she's doing. So all she really can do is have her own internal thoughts and then look around at everything. And what does she see? She sees like celebrations going on below her Mm -hmm. that are not customs that she's used to in any way, shape or form. She's very like, I mean, again, a lot of language is used to describe the Dothraki that I don't necessarily find appealing but it's coded it is it's very coded and i'm not saying that this is danny but i'm just saying like it's just it's just kind of how their customs are being described and it's described in a way that there would be no way for any person that is susceptible to language like that to not be like oh well these are they're 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 rough people you know what i mean use a wide brush yeah it's just very like you know i mean it's nothing but just like murder and i mean at some point she's sitting there watching it and you know women are like dancing for drogo and and men are coming up and they're taking them and by taking them i do mean they're just raping them on the dance floor and then another man would get upset and because of that he would kill the man and danny's just like i'm trying to look away from this but i really can't yeah um 
She can't look to Drogo. They don't speak the same language. They don't, but he's also very, they describe him as an incredibly stoic. Yeah. This this entire chapter, yeah. almost like he is statuesque and, and, and kind of devoid of emotion. Yeah. He doesn't really even smirk or... I mean, he kind of does when like people say things like I forget at one point it was, but he like something happened down below and he was just like, yay. I think when the guy won, he like tossed him a coin or something like that. Well, that's when the women were dancing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. And he tossed coin yeah. down there for them to fight over. Yeah. 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 Um, so she's kind of just like, well, I don't know. Also, yeah. on top of that, the the cool thing that I picked out about her, like trying to talk to Drogo, like she would try to talk to him. She knew that he didn't speak. The common tongue because she tried to talk to him in the common tongue that didn't work she tried to talk to him in valyrian which is like she speaks valyrian which is yeah. i mean we know, you know that it. but it's just but it's, it's, a cool, it's, it's a cool it's cool toss, because it's a like in line and i don't want to do this every i mean i kind of have to it's kind of like i can't really separate the two i can separate the two in the sense that like this material is just a different ball game but it's just very interesting that they save the danny can speak valyrian part for a very specific scene in the show yeah and it was like here. seasons away but here is very it's established very early that daenerys targaryen because i mean it's her that's her language of her people so it's just like yeah, she speaks she speaks, she valyrian, speaks valyrian but drogo cannot speak very well i think he speaks valyrian a little better yeah, than he speaks he a common tongue. almost no common yeah yeah and she cannot speak any dothraki other than like she can parrot but she she can't she doesn't understand what it means yeah um and then they start to talk and i have uh, i'm saying yeah, go ahead. i have a direct yeah, quote. quote so um this is about her still looking around and she looks down and she sees viserys and he's mad salty as always so it said uh theirs and as in theirs i'm gonna give a little background before i even read this because i can't read it without yeah, go Letting ahead. Give, give so, some context. Da- Daenerys is sitting at the high table with Drogo and his blood riders. Um, I would imagine they're either right there or they're like a little they're below like a them. Little below. And Viserys is sitting with Drogo, no, sorry, Drogo, Jorah and Illyrio Mopatis, and they're all there. Illyrio is fine because he don't care. Like, he got money. He's, he's chilling. Jorah's just happy to be there and Viserys is seething. So direct quote goes, theirs was a place of high honor just below the cow's own blood riders. But Danny could see the anger in her brother's lilac eyes. Um, yeah. Like, you are looking off into the distance. <laughs> because I imagine that's kind of how Viserys was doing that entire time. It's, I need to not laugh because it's not funny. It's wild it's because, so... like, if she can see how angry he is, yeah. I'm also imagining what the space looks like. Yeah. Or I'm imagining every so often he is looking back at her. Yeah. And he is just scowling yeah like because he can't be happy because for him it's it's the positioning and it's yeah, the power of course and he feels like even though i'm not the one being married i should also be up on the high seat too which is which that doesn't make any sense like the at no point did Illyrio explain any of this to him in a way that was understandable or he did or he did and he just was like i'm on the trident again and he doesn't mm-hmm. really think about how impactful his positioning is even being in relation to to the cow and his sister and the rest of the you know the the bride yeah. party that's interesting um, you say that yeah because it's, it's so weird to me it's 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 weird because again it goes into this whole thing of danny's observing not just all the activities of things that people have been describing her as like things that are not civilized or whatnot but the idea that it's just reinforced when Viserys is looking so mad. Khal Drogo is basically, he's a king, right? 
Yeah. So the idea that Viserys, who is not crowned, has not been in his 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 country mm-hmm. for years, has no no inkling of anything without Caldrogo's help. Like he has no way to get back what it is that he needs. The fact that he believes that he should be up there on par with, if the tables were turned, it would never be that way. No, fam, but that's privilege. That's his privilege, and that's his ability to believe that he should he should always be in these rooms having those conversations always in these positions of of power mm-hmm. um to be able to make those high level decisions yeah. without understanding what it takes to get to that it's kind of like i'm very deserving of a thing for no other reason than my name now agreed i'm also thinking though like would it have been is this kind of the first time that we see or we're made aware of the fact that like let's say and I'm not saying that he has no, he has no claim because clearly he does. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not discounting. But is this that, the whatever. first time that Danny sees other people not give him the reverence that she has always given him because she's thought that everybody should because she was taught that. I don't think it's the first time. I definitely believe that this is one of the few times that it's been so public. Okay. Um, I bet that this okay. happens a lot behind the scenes, mm-hmm. and there are times where it just, just you know, spitballing that mm-hmm. it, it happens in smaller spaces or yeah. like it could even happen, you know, with a Alario, the, the way that it's been happening mm-hmm. for some time. This is just, we're in a space where this is not about him mm-hmm. and he still needs a way to kind of make this about him, but he doesn't have a way to do so. He doesn't. And you know, what's odd. I think it also makes her feel uncomfortable too. Oh, definitely. Because well, she doesn't know what a world that's not like, or not about Viserys is like. And mm-hmm. a lot of her, her internal like conversation with herself at this point is that she feels alone and she almost feels like it's not right that he's not like, like she doesn't know how to have that be on her, even though the attention still is not on her. It's on Drogo really. But I mean, think about it forever. He's told her how important the blood of the dragon is the blood of the dragon, Mm -hmm. the blood of the dragon. It's almost at this point, such a internalized mantra for her that when you see something that is counter to the, to the truth that is being presented to you, it's very hard to swallow that pill. She has, from the start of this, she kind of has no one to to a, a, a attach to yeah. or associate with. She can't talk with her new husband. She can't talk with any of, of, yeah. of, of his party. Mm-hmm. The one person that she has a very good connection with, and, and I say good in the sense of it's a easier dialogue, is Viserys. And even in this moment, she feels very alone and othered well, because, because she's not close to where he is. She can't be physically close, yeah. but even more so emotionally close to what it is that he might want in this moment. Think about it. She's sitting here at her wedding where she's already amped up and a wedding is already a ridiculous series of emotions that takes place over the course of a short period of time. So she's sitting here and instead of thinking of herself, she she's is thinking, thinking of her brother. Yeah. She's really sitting here thinking... Yeah. I am oh, so, so sad, sad that he is sad yeah. and it is the most selfless, yeah. sad thing. Yeah. And then she's sitting here like, well, <laughs> um, what's that? Yeah. I, I'll leave it at that. I, I, just, I, it's, it's, it's just, it's, it's, not, a, it's sad, man. Like you it's said, it's, sad. it's sad. And I have a direct quote because as she's sitting there and she's talking about how absolutely like isolated and alone she feels. She starts to do a thing that she will continue to do throughout the entirety of the chapter. So mm-hmm. I'm going to read a yes. direct quote. Go ahead. 
says, so she sat in her wedding silks, nursing a cup of honeyed wine, afraid to eat, talking silently to herself. I am the blood of the dragon, she told herself. I am Daenerys Stormborn, princess of Dragonstone, of the blood and seed of Aegon the Conqueror. And so she she constantly has to tell herself that, like, yo, dude, remember who you are. Remember what he told us. This is what's important. This is why we're important. And, I mean, clearly it's a coping mechanism. It is. Because, like, she, is. Is, she feels so powerless at this point like at this point in her life at this at this day this day she just feels like she has absolutely no control over what's happening to her and she does it like you said it does not match up with the idea of what it is supposed to mean to be a targaryen to be a valyrian to be yes. of royal blood to be specifically of the stock of Aegon the, the conqueror why do i feel so afraid you shouldn't be afraid right now, Daenerys. You are this. You are this. You are this. This is important. Mm-hmm. And that is not, that's not un, unnatural. That is a normal thing for people to do. People have to hold on to things that are comforting. And it's it's very comforting when you feel powerless to, to, to find whatever sources of power you have. And for her, it's her heritage. It's her name. Like you said, it's, it's, it's what her brother has told her. It is, the thing is, she doesn't fully con, she doesn't understand it herself. Because mm-hmm. she's never really, she's never seen this, these things. She don't really know these people. They, they're they're storybooks. You could tell a kid that, hey, you know what? Your great granddad was Scar from the Lion King. Not Scar. That's a bad example. Like, <laughs> is it a bad example because it's a lion? It's a lion. Like, yeah. Okay. No, I was thinking because I was thinking King tried it, <laughs> but then I was like, no, that's dumb. And the next person I thought it was Scar. Anyway, basically, you tell a kid any kind of fairy tale character is is their descendant they're going to believe you and they're going to be like well that is what makes me strong you know yeah, what i'm saying it's just like that. it's cool and 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 right now i need to remember these things so that i don't cry cuz really what she's trying to do is not cry yeah and she's trying not to show weakness because on on the opposite side of her not wanting to make him sad or to, to see him be sad she doesn't want to make him angry because she knows what that anger will yeah. do to her like there's later. a direct correlation to yeah. his anger in her sadness yeah. and and not being able to be removed from them yeah. and now being in this very public space, mm-hmm. it's so much of the pressures that are normally there, which are, hey, don't make things bad. Don't ruin them or you'll wake the dragon. Yeah. It's more, you better not mess this up because there is something so much bigger than you riding on the line right now, mm-hmm. which consequentially, like, how could you even say that to someone that you care about to put them in a position where they would be so damaged. Oh, we're going to see a if, lot of that. I mean, this party keeps going. No, I'm not talking about in this. I'm, I mean, in the series in general. That's, that's oh, just, I just meant for today. Oh, no, I'm at just this saying. Wedding. I have a question, though. Okay. Um, shoot. It is a very innocuous question mm-hmm. uh, because she said it and she knows that her name is Daenerys Stormborn. So. Who started calling her Stormborn? Was that Daria? And then Viserys was like, y'all just like, does Viserys call her, hey, Daenerys Stormborn? Like, how does no. she know this, like, about herself? I just think it's cute. Again, these are not important things. These are just mindless thoughts that I have as I'm reading. And I wonder. Yeah, it like. Was either, it was either Dari or or Illyrio. It was someone. Who how would needed, he know where she, when she I was mean, born or how people, she was born? People probably have enough information at this point. Yeah. We're saying she's 13 now. That's 13 years of tales that have probably been traveled across the narrow sea uh-huh. that 
are now things that have become, like you said, like kind of like almost like legend. Yeah. And there's probably enough tale to to give there to give credence to mm-hmm. what happened on on the day that she was born or mm-hmm. in, in the vicinity of that, yeah. that day where there's enough accounts that someone could go, oh, yeah, no, you know, born during such and such yeah. and born during this great storm. Well, it makes sense. Stormborn. Yeah. And does anybody across the narrow sea call her that? I mean, once again, it was not across the narrow sea. I'm sorry, in Westeros. In Westeros. In Westeros. Yes. Mm. Like, I mean, does when when people tell stories of like that? Because again, like, do you think at this point, when the Maesters are teaching the kids the history of like the rebellion, and they're teaching them so the they downfall, will. they do. But do they talk? They do, do they call her like, oh, and Daenerys Storm, or like, do people know she's still alive? I mean, yeah, people still know she's still yeah. alive. So I think People it's, it's, it's just like the alive. same thing with with any legend. You you do that because giving grand names yeah. and spectacle to it, yeah. it, it also ends up being like a mnemonic device. Like I can remember her name better yeah. because it's Daenerys Stormborn, uh-huh. Princess of Dragonstone. Yeah. Like there's there's something to it that just rings every time you say every it. Every time you say it, yeah. So it, that that fits. And I'm if it didn't start with Derry, then it at least became a a thing that was encapsulated by the time that they ended up with Illyrio. So, yeah, interesting question. That's a very interesting question. Yeah, just, you know, little things, little things, little things. Um, All right, so let's just jump into, because we can break this down, right? Yeah. We can break it down according to person, and we can just talk about their whole behaviors at the wedding. So what we want to talk about is the bride gifts. And we talk about the bride gifts, and as they're being presented to Daenerys mm-hmm. and Drogo, because, you know, He's there too. He's there too. Uh, we can kind of talk about who the person is, what their gifts mean, just what Danny thinks about all of this and everything around them. So you ready? Yes, let's do it. All right, let's do it. So the first gift that Daenerys is gifted is by Viserys, who we've already discussed is mad salty. And she's just thinking about how salty he is and thinking about all the things that could go wrong and what he'll do if it does. Um, so we don't really have to get into that. but. Yeah. What we can talk about is what he gives her. So do you want to tackle it or do you want me to tackle it? You should tackle it, but don't say what because they're not objects. I they're, said who? I thought I said who. You said what? <laughs> what well, yeah, said. it was a gift. That That's how he thinks. You're right. All right. Yeah, I'm sorry. That's so, how he would see it. Yeah. They're people. Uh, yeah. <sighs> yep. So Viserys, in all his grand wisdom, decides that he's going to gift Daenerys with three human beings, three girls or women, because here's the thing. I don't know how old any of them are yet. Yeah. I can't remember. I know. I think that they do talk about their ages at some point. But here it's not. It's not. But discussed. here it's not explicit. Um, no. So he gifts her because, again, you can give other people, which, by the way, and I hate even saying it like this because it sounds disgusting. It sounds bad. But I'm just like, he doesn't pay for it. But like the fact that anybody should have to pay for another human being is just. Yeah, it's yo, weird. It's, also, it's whack. There weren't but, supposed to be slaves in Pentos. How did that work? I mean, we I, already discussed it. Danny did. said that yeah. they're not supposed to be here, but they're here anyway. They're so here you anyway. figure it out. So, yeah. um, so anyway, so he presents her with three, and I don't. I'm gonna say the handmaids because that's how. Yeah. They present it, but he said that he brought them and is presenting them. So if you mm-hmm. can present another person as a gift to another person, that's a slave, in my opinion. Y'all can correct me if I'm wrong, but that's terrible. And again, this is Viserys is doing, but really Illyrio's doing because he gave them to Viserys to give to Danny. Yeah. Anyway, we're going to go into it. We have named 
women and women. Or girls yep. um, that are now appearing and will be a part of Danny's life for a while. Um, the first of which is Eerie, and she's Dothraki, and they describe her as having black hair and almond eyes, as is a common, I guess, phenotypical characteristic of the Dothraki. Yes. And what her purpose is, according to Viserys, is to teach Danny horse riding. So she is going to help her to, because horse riding is a very important part of the Dothraki culture. It is very important for a cow to know how to ride. They they pride themselves on that. And also like if a cow can't ride, he's not the cow anymore. Nope. So, and his wife has to be able to do the same. So they will spend a lot of their time in the saddle. They will be on horseback doing a lot of their stuff. She has to be an adept rider. Eerie's going to help her with that. Okay. The next girl that he presents to Daenerys mm-hmm. is Jiqui, who is also Dothraki and looks, I don't want to say they look the same because they don't look the same, but she also has dark hair and all yeah, the eyes. Same features. Um, And she is supposed to help Danny learn Dothraki and become fluent in the Dothraki language so that she can communicate with her husband and her tribe and her people and basically the people that she's intended to spend the rest of her life with. Yes. And then the last person that is presented is Dorea. And Dorea is Lysini. And she has fair hair and blue eyes. And that was very important. Um, and she is going to teach Danny basically how to sexually pre- please Drogo. Viserys calls and it the womanly arts. We, we got a lot of womanly arts, There are a man. lot of womanly and arts. It means different things means, in different times and different a, places. It's such a wide-reaching term. It's a broad term. That it's everything from needlepoint to... Yeah. To you know it. what? Then I should, I should refresh. Maybe I should take that back. Maybe he didn't mean, I mean, I, I still think that that's what he intended. No, that's for definitely what he intended. Because you're right. He did call it womanly arts, but yeah, his, his follow up was that, oh, I know she's good at her job because both me and Illyrio have tested her out because that's something cool to say. And that poor girl. Um, yeah, it's kind of yeah. weird. I don't even really want to dwell on that, but I just want to make it abundantly clear that Viserys ain't shit. Is and there one thing that I can that we can backtrack and, and talk about real quick? Of course. So how come they didn't think it was important to have Jiqui come talk with Daenerys at any point and let's call it yeah. the week before the wedding? Even just for like small pleasantries or like little notes and hints for like dialect because that those are things that are going to take a long time to really start internalizing and uh-huh. being able to to express like properly because yeah. it's one thing to hey i took this i did this duolingo i know dothraki now mm-hmm. it's like well you know certain ways to to handle it and yeah. handle the, the speech and you know the words but it's the inflections and the dialects that really make the yeah, difference in the yourself. time to immerse yourself in it why would she not come sooner oh you you have the answer to that because again these are gifts yeah this is a thing and if it's your birthday, you're not going to get your present before your birthday. I guess that's literally what it is. They don't no look at them as people. It was prudent? No, be like, because they don't care. Know how to talk to your husband? You know what the most prudent thing they were thinking about? Illyria was thinking about his pockets, and and Viserys was thinking about his army. He thought about his army. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So none, none, we, none of the rest yeah, mattered. No. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And I'm I, not. I'm not even trying no, to no, like no. cut it short. I just they They're didn't not. care. They there, didn't think it was important. There wasn't anything. her comfortability is the least important thing to them. That's very fair. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so that those were Viserys's gifts, exactly, and of which Nasty she, she and the worst, the worst. And I don't recall her thinking anything about them. She she looks at them and she sees them like nothing yeah. negative or positive. No, no, no. She just was like, okay, cool. This was we Viserys, get and she knew that Illyrio and Viserys were gross. Yep, 
that's, I mean, we knew that before, it. but yeah. here you go. If you needed another confirmation of how yeah. gross the two of them were. And how she thinks they are, too. Yeah. Yuck. Um. So anyway, moving on. Moving on. We have Jorah, which is good because I have a question about Jorah, too. So mm-hmm. we have Jorah Mormont, who, if y'all don't remember from last time, or if y'all have never, like, known anything about the series at all, Jorah Mormont is a disgraced knight from Westeros. He got kicked out for some other stuff we'll talk about later because I'm pretty sure I'll come back around to that. Um, he has now met up with them and he's squatting and he's chilling out with their group. And he is just like, hey, y'all, like, I don't have a lot of money, but I got you some books. And these books are written in the common tongue. And Danny was really super excited about it. She don't really know him from a can of paint, but she knows that like he he, he gave her something cool, yeah, like something that she, cool. she can read and, and they'll give her value and. That's a that's a pretty cool thing to know that like she wants to like she she's very interested in learning. Like, again, I don't think that it's so important to her that she rule Westeros at this point. Mm -hmm. But I think it is very important for her to read for herself and to learn for herself just anything. Yes. And this is a language that she is pretty adept in reading. And it is the history of her 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 heritage. So she would like to get a lot out of this. Yeah. And it's a really good gift. Um, You have anything to say before I have a question about Jorah? I mean, my only thing is. This is another one of those, like, I either he had these on his person and these were things that were a part of his his travel bag. And he's like, <laughs> hey, I think you'll like these. Like, he just regifted some books <laughs> he stole from a library. Um, nah. Or these are things that he borrowed from Illyrio to be like, hey, I think it would be important that she knows these as, as well. Because we know that this, he, he's not good at money. He's not good at managing his estate. I mean, so, no, but he did make a point to tell people that he don't have a lot of money, but he got these. Yeah, so that's almost like... So I, I kind of think that, like, listen, like, and I'm not the biggest Jorah fan, but I want to give him the benefit of the doubt. He found a secondhand bookshop, and he was just like, okay, yo. That's cool, and he found some cool books. I'm not discounting yeah. the gift. I'm I'm, I'm more calling into question... The motive? The nature and the motives... Oh, well, that's the around question. ...around what he does anyway. <laughs> okay. In relation to her, and then... In this time frame, at this at this wedding, well, that's what I mean. Why so it was he, important to give her these books from Westeros? Well, that I don't know. I just it was a show. I don't know. I, I don't know. It's part of me. I, I so here's the thing, and I don't want to get too much into it. But like the question was, how long at this point had he been working for Varys? And also because it's Varys he's working for, right? Like I know yes. that, like yeah, and I also. I was going to say, does Illyrio know? But of course, Illyrio has to know. Yeah, because that's his best friend. I feel like, you know, um, but also now that you brought up a good point, at what point does he start to deflect? Not deflect, but like defect, defect, defect. Yeah. yeah. Like, when does he stop? Like, did he meet Daenerys that day and just go, hey, you know what? I can't really do any harm to this person. No, it doesn't happen today. And I actually think that the the assassination orders don't happen till later. Yeah. Now it's just, this is, I'm sending you out. You're an agent. You gather information. I need to know who, what, when, where, why, how. But how you long? You report back to me. Uh, I feel like when he showed up, because he was probably on hard times already. But no, how long, like, did he, like, how, when, I don't want to even spend more time on this than I have to, because it's like, it's I know, you're just trying to establish a like, timeline. At what point, does Varys reach out to him? Does he reach out to Varys? Does Illyrio go, hey, Varys, there's a guy here that I know 
would do some dirty stuff because I know he's trying to get back to where you are. Can we use him? Check yes or no. I'll give him the orders tonight. Like, was it months before? Like, was it even so deep that he had met Varys before he had even invited Daenerys Hmm. and Danny to that? You know what I'm saying? These are things I'm thinking about. Well, here, we'll do the thing. He is not important in this chapter. We are not going to spend any more time on him. No. He gave her the books. They were real cool books. And that's what I mean. So if he, if in the second part, right. And I don't, again, I don't want to do too much, but like he gave her these books because we know the true reason for him being there. We assume that it's nefarious. Yeah. But if he had already started deciding that he did not want, truly did not want harm to come to her, it could have been a good natured gift. Yeah. Might, might have been. been. Hey, guess what? That's all I'm saying. Pinning. Yeah. Moving on. Yeah. All right. So. So next it, gifts next yeah. gifts so i mean this this the kicker right here right this the this is the it's wild i'm i'm loath to say it's the most important gift but it's not the most important gift yet no so we have illyrio the goon who by the way was also announcing every single thing here so i don't understand like she's like I don't know. I think he just got up and he started making like the speech. And I feel like he was just like, hey, and he has to like prostrate before everyone. He, yeah, has to he, likes, he, likes, like, he likes to make a show. He does. So he has, you know, people bring up this huge chest and inside the chest are like really nice, expensive fabrics, which is a really cool gift, to be honest. Like she could make some real cool stuff with that. Mm-hmm. Um, or they could sell it. Whatever they would like to yeah. do is their gift. It's cool gift. Um, and inside or rather underneath some of these fabrics and on top of other fabrics that are really cool and nice, there are three, like, and I'll obviously y'all know what they are, but like when she first sees them, they're just really pretty, like spherical yeah, they're ornate stone, stones. stones. And she, for the first time today, and I said, this was probably the cutest thing. Like her eyes went wide like a kid getting gifts. Like she just yes. looks so innocent and so happy for the first time. Like she was miserable sitting up there by herself. And the direct quote is, what are they? She asked her voice hushed and full of wonder. Like she was so in, in, in enamored by this thing. Like she did not care. I mean, they gave her, you know, other things, the book she was happy for the help she was happy for. And I hate even saying the help, but I mean, the I help of, of understood understanding her new culture or whatnot and he answers their dragon's eggs and he said they're petrified there would have been a record scratch yeah just like i mean there was a record scratch in our edit and it was just camera pan right to viserys's face in which he's just livid he's oh, yeah. livid he's like what how <laughs> um and she's just like what <laughs> where did you even how did you even... How is this possible? And he's just like, hey, yeah, you know, I knew a guy who knew a guy from a shy. And uh, yeah, we just scooped him for you. And that's not... Happy wedding. And that's not weird or shady And it all. wasn't. And she starts thinking in her head. She's just like, hey, like, I kind of feel like, wow, this, I'm, I'm, am I deserving of this? And then she she takes it back mad quickly. She's just like, no. He literally got so much money in selling me to this dude. I don't even care how much money he spent. They're mine now. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't care. And this is cool. great. Like, I really don't care. Yeah, they, they, she spends a, a, a very As she amount of time describing the the eggs themselves. Yeah. She goes into the way that they're designed and the coloring of, the, of them. Yeah, which, let me pull that up. Let me yeah, pull that up because I think that, that that was really, really cool. Um, So it so says she lifted it delicately, expecting that it would be made of some fine porcelain or delicate enamel or even blown glass. 
but it was much heavier than that, as if it were all of solid stone. The surface of the shell was covered with tiny scales, and as she turned the egg between her fingers, they shimmered like polished metal in the light of the setting sun. One egg was a deep green with burnished bronze flecks that came and went, depending on how Danny turned it. Another was pale cream, streaked with gold. The last was black, as black as a midnight sea, yet alive with scarlet ripples and swirls. So I thought that was cool. Yeah. It was just like very, like that I think is when I talk about Martin's writing that I really enjoy, like what I enjoy about it is his descriptive language. It's just like really... Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, it's very, it's very good for setting tone. Very good. It's wonderful foreshadowing mm-hmm. and and cute alliteration to draw this really grand picture around these these stones, these yeah. eggs, these pet what we learned to be petrified dragons' eggs. Yeah. To then being something that's so mystical and magical. Yeah. In this one moment, also tying that directly to the the mysticism and, and the magic that. Danny starts feeling here in this moment. Yeah, she's very drawn. She's very those, drawn those to it. Those two are are very like part and parcel. They they really go together in in the scene. So I was like, in this, yeah, it's that's really cool. Yeah. That was a really cool way to deal with mm-hmm. it. And again, tying it back to the dream. Yes, is very is foreshadowing yeah. in a way that like we as an audience know again that these dragons' eggs, they everybody thinks that they're dead, but they do become they come to life. And it's really funny that they describe the outside of the shells being mm-hmm. very physically, like, indicative of what they will physically look like in their dragon forms. It's yeah. very cool. Like, it's, again, like I said, poetic. Yeah. Wrapped around. Very really nice. So. Um, but we're not. And she was really, really excited for them. And yeah, I like that. She was. But back to the gifts. Yeah, because we're not done with the gifts. Uh, we're definitely not done with the there's gifts. There's still more gifts. I mean, there's so many gifts. At, at some point, she goes, I don't even think that I could ever even need or want half of this stuff. I don't know what I would do with it. Like, people continue to come and they're just more and more and more and more and more. And eventually, Drogo's Blood Riders come up, Hago, Koholo, and Koto, they all come up. And they're just like, hey, we have gifts for you too, Khaleesi. And they proceed in order all to present her with a whip and a rock and a dragon bone bow. And she's just like looking around. And she knows already because you asked before, why didn't they coach her on Dothraki? Well, because they coached they, her on one thing. They coached her on the only thing that was really important for her to know at that time was yeah. for her to, hey, this is the way that you refuse it. They're going to give him a gift. They're going to say it's for you, but you need to be polite about it and say, oh, no, it's cool. My husband should have these. And that's the extent of her speech. Yeah. Was it important for Drogo to get these, like, looking past the part of it where it's their their custom? And I'm, I'm cool with the part where we also do this, where we present bride gifts that are for the husband mm-hmm. because it is customary. Mm-hmm. Were these all things that Drogo actually needed? Um, Yeah. He didn't already have a cool bow or a whip. A dragon bone bow? You don't think he already has one? A dragon bone. First of all, let's just talk about the the amount of dragon artifacts that exist within this pile of gifts, okay? To answer your question, yes, he needed them because he wanted them. Like, I mean, who needs anything? We're going to get to a, 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 sorry, I gave it away. We're going to get to a gift that no one needs, but might be cool to have. But- I don't think the question should be, did he need them? The question should be, why didn't they just directly give them to him? Yeah, why did they have to do the the song and dance of presenting them to Danny <laughs> just to then say, no, you have to say the line or it doesn't work. It doesn't work. Like if she didn't say, oh no, he shouldn't, he should have them. Yeah. Did she, would she get those gifts? Would that ruin everything? 
that would just mess everything up. Yeah, right? mess everything up. Yeah, so okay, just, I don't it's, know. It's just easier for her to go. No, that's for yeah. him. And again, maybe them. it is a thing. Maybe it is just like they can only give the bride things because, again, maybe in their culture as well, the whole it just was mad wacky. She's moving. It's just like well, to get to get. Do you think it was misogynist? Yeah, because the the line that she has to say is like, well, me as a woman, I can't use these. Uh, So it's like, these aren't for me. These are man gifts. It's just like, hey, you can't have this. Like, if I got you some a sewing kit. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, that's great. And then I also got you a PlayStation. I'm like, oh, but you can't use that. I guess I'll take that. And you go, well, that's for men. Like, that's (laughs) that's one that's that's dumb. Also, me personally, and this is my own editorializing. Uh Uh-huh. I don't think it would have been impossible to have given her a whip yeah. and had her use one. Like at no point would it have been weird to have taught her another way to protect herself. Like if we're talking about the way that the Dothraki uh, move through move through this part of the world mm-hmm. and the things that they need to do to survive, why not give her also skills to protect herself? Again, Is that just like, yo, if Drogo can't do it, I guess she's she's asked out? Is well, that yeah. how that works? Yeah, that's how that works. Like, man, you can't be Khaleesi without a call. Like, that's, I guess, that's how that works. works Think for, about it, huh? I was gonna say it works for some people, but that, does it? That seems real whack. Yeah, yeah. no, that no. that just doesn't seem like there's no equity there. Now that I'm saying, oh man, well there has to be this give and take. It's just I mean, really but that's that a lot of the discussion. I like this question. She couldn't but it's have just... any of the gifts. Not that well, everything all, else was presented else for her. Was, everything else was for her, and I guess I guess in in this light, it is kind of unfair. She just got three petrified dragon's eggs. It would be yeah. kind of be like, oh well, here you and he got a dragon bone. But where? This is what I want to know. Where are they coming up off of all these dragon artifacts? You know where they are. People, I I, I I'm willing to editorialize a little more and what say do you that. Mean by that? People, what does that word mean? It means that I'm going to go off on my own tangent with things that are not specifically given to us in the text okay. and giving you a very fine oh, your fascinating story my skits i'm going to go into a land that we're going to call the doom and i'm going to tell you that there is a space where the dragons that existed in that that place yeah no longer are but i'm willing to bet just like in any other place there are pirates and scavengers yeah and 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 those who seek adventure and are looking for it and go out here to gather those artifacts yeah so that they can be used in in like a a a way where they can then be used in the world itself Uh so i don't know map wise does it make sense for well it doesn't make sense if you think about the way that trade works i was just worrying like okay like that's what i'm saying if all this stuff like if people are still like exploring valyria that makes a lot of sense Mm -hmm. he talked about a shy when he talked about where he got the dragon's eggs yes and again, like for people to have dragon bone things, I guess, again, to excavate that land, which, but here's the thing. I thought that one, the land was like sulfurous almost. Like it was just almost, you couldn't even go there. If I tell being... you that there are untold riches in a place, you're always going to have adventurers who are going to go into a space thinking that they can get those untold riches and make something out of them. And even if you don't have people who will directly believe that, you'll have individuals who will be told about those things that exist there. And they'll go in search of them. There will always be. Yeah, but how can you get out if it's so dangerous? Also, I just wanted to look up real quick. Sorry that I I wanted to look up on a map if Ashai was near Valyria and it does not look like it is. So how did the Ashai get dragon's eggs? Did they conjure them up? Are these dragon's eggs truly from Valyrian dragons? Are there other dragons any other place in the world? That is a pin in it. 
But yeah. that was just really interesting that he was just like, yeah, I got it from a shy, which is just like, well, where the heck would a shy get dragon's eggs? We talked about kind of briefly, like off cam, or off mic, saying off cam. Um, <laughs> we talked about the fact that they did trade. So it, it, it wasn't impossible for them to trade things like Valyrian steel. Yeah. But I don't think Valyrians were in the business of letting just anybody have dragon's eggs. No. Again, it could have been the whole adventurous thing. It's just really, it's interesting there's, to me that they talk a lot, a lot about like dragon artifacts that people, not just in Westeros, but like all across the world have. And it's just very interesting to me. Yeah, it's just wild that he was able to get his hand on not one, not two, but three. Yeah. And I don't even want to know. I'm not even just talking about the eggs, though. No, I just mean like in general, other dragon artifacts, other artifacts and like magic and and, in histories of, of, you know, old Valyria. Um, There's a lot there. But we have... One more super important gift. No, we well, have we have two, two more, more important gifts, but we have one that is <laughs> the most ridiculous gift and kind of the one that reminds me just how ridiculous this story can be sometimes. Do you think it is? Because I feel like this might actually be the realest thing. You think that this is the most grounded gift she receives? I feel like humans other than do the things books? like this. I think that this... Yeah, this is probably other than other than the books. This is probably the most seeped in our reality. So as ridiculous as it sounds, she gets a dress. She gets a handmade dress. Yeah, presented to her. Yeah, and it's made of the skin of a thousand mice. One thousand. One thousand. One thousand. And it it's clear because the person says it's hey, this is a thousand mouse dress. And I just need to know the same person. It's the announcer, Lirio. I need to know the logistics behind someone who tans, one who captures, captures, one who skins, skins, kills, tans, poor mice, and then sews. This has to all be one person because do you think there there are multiple people who work through the process of fashioning a mouse dress? I mean, here's my thing I don't think that that's so far fetched. I just want to know how they know it's exactly a thousand mice. Yeah, like. Is is that that thing where you tell somebody it's like, oh yeah, no, 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 that's like one hundred million, but it's like no, that's like a thousand, but like people like to blow that's things what I'm out saying. of proportion. That's what I'm saying. I mean, I, like to take to the be, hides of my like to make a full size dress, it would be a lot of mice. It would have to be a lot. I don't know if it's a thousand. Where do you wear a mouse dress? She can wear wherever she wants. Okay, if she wants to. If she wants to, we have one more gift. Wait. Are we are we just gonna No, I I think that if we spend because we spend too much more time on the mouse dress. Yeah, I'm done with the mice. Yeah, I, I just, just think it's interesting to to think in in the scope of all the other things that are going on during that day. Yeah, we just need to Yeah, I'm just it's it's a lot. Yeah, it's like already it's just, a lot. All right. So like there's, you said, there's, there's one more gift. Do you not agree that there's one more gift? I do. I just don't know why you keep saying it. Oh, because I just like saying there's one more gift. <laughs> It's like we're reading off a list. I don't like there's it. There's one more gift. There's one more gift. <laughs> anyway, yeah. So there's 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 a gift. So the last gift of the evening or daylight, I can't remember. Is that bad that I can't remember? Actually, no. I'm pretty sure it's still light because yeah. because of this gift, she starts seeing day transition tonight. Mm-hmm. So Drogo then leaves. He gets up for the first time that day. He goes down. And as he does, the crowd parts for him because he's the cow. He's the king. And when he's walking back towards Danny and their platform. He is trailing behind him a horse. And the horse, direct quote, she was gray as the winter sea with a mane like silver smoke. And 
this horse, very beautiful horse, Illyrio also says this as much as well. This is a, she's like the pride of the Kalasar. Mm-hmm. Danny is like awestruck. So before when I said that like the dragon's eggs are probably narratively the more important thing, the more impo- the most important thing of the day to her is this horse that Joe yeah. was giving her. True. Um, and this horse represents a lot for her. We can get into it when we talk about it, but it's a very beautiful horse. Mm-hmm. And it has hair of silver and to which Drogo, who does not speak a lick of the common tongue, says to uh, Lirio, and he translates back to Danny, that he got her the horse with the silver mane because it reminded him of her hair. Yeah. Um, we can talk about whether or not that's supposed to be a, a romantic moment or not. I, I mean, it was a nice gesture. It is, but is um, that even like the direct translation? Well, not even that. I'm not even, we know that Illyrio probably messes all kinds of things up and he probably lies. Yeah. And probably just, he probably just crossed. It is, but even if this with, isn't like, the all whole kinds thing, of people, like, but, this isn't, it's not cute. Well, no, and that's what I'm saying. So like this whole entire, so from this point on in the chapter, we start to transition from it being about the party in the wedding and to it being about the relationship that will become what 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 the relationship between Danny and Drogo will become or mm-hmm. is becoming is encompassed of all that stuff. Yeah. Um, she says that she's not really uh, a good writer. Mm-hmm. And so she's kind of unsure at first. Um, there's a line about Drogo lifting her into the saddle as if she were a child, to which I say she is definitely she a child. Is. And there's a lot of language in that. And before I get into Danny and what this horse means to her. Um, I do kind of want to talk about, and that's why I brought up the idea that, like, I don't know if this was supposed to be meant as a romantic gesture, specifically when it's paired with the fact that throughout this chapter, he mentions her age and her either being a child or like a child or something like that. It's almost as if he's trying to convince the audience that she's not. And it's very weird to me because, like, I don't know in what world and people can always talk about well, historically it was this way. And it's like, that actually isn't true. There's several, several, several like arguments to refute the fact that young girls, I mean, very rarely were girls married young. And if they were, it was for political reasons. And yeah. very rarely were they married and, and made to like consummate that marriage that young mm-hmm. because they even then knew of the health risks of, of such things, specifically if she would you know, become pregnant and 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 go through childbirth at such a young age, it could kill her, just as it can now. Um, and I'm not to say that it never happened, but t- to kind of talk about it as if it's a it was a normalized yeah, thing, like it's commonplace. Yeah, it's it's like that. That's just not even the case. I think the average age. I mean, if we're talking later teens, then yeah, of course. But thirteen, no, no. eleven, okay. definitely not. So nope. and normal. And I'm not saying it again. I'm not saying it mm-hmm. never happened. What I'm saying is those circumstances were not the norm. And I don't know what the message here is supposed to be. So like why normalize that? Yeah. No thoughts? <laughs> or would you just like to talk about the horse? <laughs> I really would. It's not that I have no thoughts. I just think that that also ties into kind the of some of-, of our feelings for where the end of this chapter goes. Okay. And so in speaking about this, I don't think that there's a way to speak about it disjointed or disconnected okay. from the moment to moment towards the end of this chapter yeah, absolutely correct. um and the thing that i think that is important to do is to set that kind of a stage because it's also good to frame the way that she feels because of this like getting oh, like horse, what get the horse means 
yeah, like okay. receiving the horse yeah. itself as a gift and kind yeah. of what that means in, in the eyes of the Dothraki because horses are so important to them, what yeah. it means for her to actually have a horse, yeah, one of her own, because it's she doesn't get this horse and it's like she has to break it in. This horse is trained. It's already trained. This and that's that was a question I had. Like it was just like she said she's not good. In. But I was also like, how good how or how well trained was this horse that it just responds to her that quickly? Because normally animals take a while, just like humans. Like, you know, it's just like it takes a minute for somebody to warm up. And it's almost like she was a little timid at first to like put her knees in and try mm-hmm. to steer the horse. But as soon as she was like, oh, wait, this horse is cool. Like she got into it and she was so happy. And I think we talked about this, like this is probably the freest she's ever felt in her life. Yeah. She says as much. And yeah. it's, it's the best moment for her. Yeah. I think all day, like the dragon eggs are, were, were super cool, yeah. but this was a moment in time that she really got to be a part of. Yeah. And it was the one time where when the eyes were on her, mm-hmm. like there was a bit of, of fear because of the unknown, but not fear because of the way that she was being perceived. Yeah. And I think that it's very important to kind of, catalog this moment yeah. because it's an important one for her and i would think like if there are great moments that define an individual this ends up being one of them because yeah. it's something that she can always kind of like hold back on yeah. to and it's like hey this is something that is that's mine, it's mine. and, and yeah. she can take ownership of mm-hmm. that and there's a level of, of pride oh, that goes so with it because so. it goes back into well, she, the way that she deals with her mantra this chapter and i think one of those things that she moves through yeah um but Interesting. She doesn't. She doesn't use that then. No, she doesn't. She and doesn't that's use it saying, then. She got all it throughout the chapter. She people, needed it. Yeah. She did not need it here. No, and I because think that, that should show just how much she was being. She was able to get out of it. Yeah. Yeah. That's all. I. Yeah. I mean, it's just very interesting. Like you said, like it's, it's very, something that was completely hers, and then people were seeing her outside of Viserys for the first time, which in her life, and yeah. she, you know, like people parted for her as she rode past. Mm-hmm. People started cheering for her, and that that for somebody who feels like they've always been ignored or like unimportant that is like mm-hmm. that's fuel you know what i mean yeah. and she just she she was just like oh this is great this is cool i'm flying basically you know yeah. um and it's very interesting that you said like she could let go of that mm-hmm. for that moment because she comes back and as soon as she comes back Viserys is there because when she comes back Caldrogo has already also mounted his own horse and it's time for them to what they call the first ride and they are to ride together off into the sunset and they're to go away alone to consummate the marriage. Before they start to ride off together, Viserys comes over and like grabs her on the leg or the thigh. Yeah, violently. Violently. And it's just like, hey, you better do your job. You better do what it is. And we didn't really get into talk about this because I know that it's very important to talk about in context with what's about to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but she talks about, and I can go back to some of my notes in which she talks about her three biggest fears and I'll read them all. Yeah, please. Um, So she said she was afraid of the Dothraki whose ways seemed alien and monstrous as if they were beasts in human skins and not true men at all. And we already talked about how that was a lot of the, the, the conditioning that spending so much time with Illyrio and Viserys, she starts to get these things. And also she's a kid who is terrified. She don't know these people. They're strangers mm-hmm. anyway, period. So anybody who is not of her direct company yeah. is going to be scary. scary. Um, I don't, I, I'm going to say this. I do not like the language that Martin uses here 
just because it does other the Dothraki from other people. Because I mean, I would imagine them going off and 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 just being vagrants in general. They see some scary people. I I that's a whole other thing. But again, I do not blame her because this is through the eyes of a kid. This shit is wild, man. Like mm-hmm. she's seeing people murdered and shit. Like that ain't cool. Like I would be scared of that shit. And I'm an adult, but um, allegedly. <laughs> um. So continuing back into the quote, it says she was afraid of her brother, of what he might do if she failed him. And we've already gotten to that. Mm -hmm. I'm not getting into that again. Yeah. And it says, most of all, she was afraid of what would happen tonight under the stars when her brother gave her up to the hulking giant who sat drinking beside her with a face as steel and as still and cruel as a bronze mask. And she already. So that brings it back to where we are now as they're riding Mm -hmm. away. She already knows what's expected of her. A lot of her repeating to herself that I'm the blood of the dragon, I'm the blood of the dragon, is her preparing herself to be brave at this thing that she knows is going to be scary. She Mm -hmm. knows it's going to be painful. She knows it's not something that she wants for herself, is not something that she's ready for herself. And she has to continue to tell herself to basically prepare herself. And I'm going to just say it, to be raped. You know, and um, I know that this is a very... um, controversial um like it, it's, it's a point of tension within the community as a whole there are a lot of people who do not see what happens here as rape um i would like to go into what happens after they do get away um yeah. to talk about why i do think it is i think it's important to do so um but i'm gonna say like i know that there's a lot of people out there that don't if y'all don't i'm not saying that you know i'm not People can read whatever they want, like however they want to read it. I just know that this is how I interpreted the text. So take with that what y'all will. Uh, so, yeah. So they ride off. Yeah. And they get to a place where they can tie up the horses. And um, she just keeps telling herself, like, direct quote, the dragon is never afraid. Um, and as they stop, and like I said, he's tying up the horses. This is another direct quote. She says, she stood there helpless and trembling in her wedding silks as he secured the horses. And when he turned to look at her, she began to cry. Um, this is really important for me because a big goal of hers the entire day was to not show any outward emotion in general, but mm-hmm. mostly, but to, mostly not not to not cry. Yeah. And at this point, she is so absolutely terrified. A moment ago, she was so free. She was so happy. She was so cool. Viserys comes, ruins it, yeah, ruins her feeling. Her right out of that. She's sent alone with a strange man, a strange person. She does not know him. She cannot talk to him. She does not. There's no way for her to, to even try to begin to defend herself from him because she's so nope. little and he's so big. And this shit is scary to her, period. She's trembling. Her body literally cannot not cry. She can't. And like reading this shit, I was like damn near crying myself because I'm just like, this is like the scariest shit for a kid to go through. Um, and a lot of kids go through this every day. And I recognize this just from mm-hmm. my own personal experiences, just understanding what that fear is like, what that 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 sense of hopelessness and helplessness. And you can't get away from it. You can't you can't stop it even if you wanted to. And there's literally nobody here. Yeah, there's there's no safety net no. for her to fall back on. Not even yeah, it's in in this this feeling of loneliness that she had all day is just compounded by the fact that now she is out in the middle of nowhere with this stranger that is about to have his way with her body, and she didn't even get a choice in it. No, and somehow she's expected to perform to perform whatever that whatever means. that means. 
whatever to that a kid she has right no now. idea she has no make idea make sure you make him happy what um so yeah so she's 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 afraid and she starts to cry and he comes to her and he you know wipes her tears away and he says no and that's a common tongue word mm-hmm. that she recognizes and she's like oh wait a minute hey can you speak the common tongue can you talk to me can we talk about this for a minute and he's like no because he really doesn't understand he knows that word but he really doesn't like he's just like i i would imagine at this moment he he doesn't intend to stop but he doesn't want her to cry because that's not how he wants this to go down yeah it's it's 100 percent about how he would like to have this go Mm -hmm. versus the way that it's making her feel Mm -hmm. the no isn't in reverence to understanding her plight Mm -hmm. the no is don't ruin this for me you think it's don't ruin this or do you think it's a he doesn't under because here's my thing if we're if we're to talk about this 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 culture and that's the whole world and Mm -hmm. it's not just dothraki and it's not just katoshi it's westerosi it's everywhere when people defend this when people say that this is not this is not him not letting her give her consent Mm mm-hmm what they mean is that he had no malicious intent, that he truly doesn't want to hurt her, which I don't, to be honest, I don't, we don't know because we don't get his point of view, but I don't think that his intent is to hurt her and he would like her to be as comfortable as she can be. But the fact that he's a 30 year old man and thinks that anything that he does to her right now as a 13 year old child would not hurt her is yeah. something that never crosses his mind. No. Nah. Um, so I think it's just like, yeah, like if I stop her crying, then it's all good. Yeah. That means it's fine. It's fine. And we can proceed. That's what I, I, I mean yeah. by that. It's not so much he, he, it's not that he doesn't care. It's how would he know to. Yeah. In, in this instance, in, in, in where you say like they can't communicate with one another. No. There's no way for either of them to, to broach the subject matter mm-hmm. in a way where, even if her, her she could move through her fear and move past that, mm-hmm. there's no way for her to externally communicate to him that like other than the physicality of it, yeah. where her well, body is her body is 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 showing mm-hmm. the 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 nature of of this fear where mm-hmm. any other person, like you'd see it and you'd go, Well, shoot, why are you like you're crying? Mm-hmm. What ha- like why is this happening? There's no way for him to to stop that. Mm-hmm. To him, it's there, there is a methodology that they go Mm -hmm. through and a part of that a part of this a part of that Mm -hmm. ceremony Mm -hmm. is what needs to take place next and there's no way he can do that on his own he needs her to be an active participant and exactly exactly yeah and that's what i mean by it it's just he understands that she is upset and instead of being like halt-full stop it's just like you know what i'm gonna do i'm gonna take my time and i'm gonna chill here until she's ready to say yeah Yeah, because he sits down he sits down, he starts uh, undoing his braids, starts teaching her how to take his bells and undo his braids. Yeah. He starts taking her clothes off, kind of uncomfortable even talking about it. But uh, he takes her clothes off and then they sit for a while and she says he doesn't touch her um, for a while. But then he starts to and as he does, he's doing it in a very gentle and methodical and slow, soft way. Mm-hmm. And again, human bodies are human bodies. We can have that biological discussion anytime you want but it's it's the idea that like you know i mean i've seen reports of people saying hey well i didn't rape her because her body responded to me yeah and it's just like 
of course her body responded to you. You like that's what bodies do. Bodies betray people all the time. Um, and I even say your body betrayed you, but like human beings are going to like if you coax a person into something against the world, like sometimes it just happens. There will be a response. And there's gonna be a response. And he's basically, for lack of better word, warming her body up to respond to him in a sexual way. And by the time and and I I remember thinking like if all she's ever had like physically is Viserys' abuse in a very violent and scary and mean way. Mm-hmm. And here comes this other person who was scary, but he's not the same kind of scary. And he's he's talking softly to yeah. me and he's being gentle and he's giving me time and space. It's not the same level of And violence. this is the first time. I mean, I don't know. I don't know the extent to which Viserys' abuse reached. I know that there is speculation as to how he was with her. I would like to believe that he never sexually abused her. I don't know. You don't know. Um, this could very well be the first time anybody is doing that mm-hmm. to her. She probably is very confused. She doesn't know what's going on at no point in time. And you can please feel free to tell me if you disagree with this. But as a 13 year old kid, there's no way that you can say like she could not have said no, even if she wanted to. No, she wasn't he in was, a position to. No. It's, on top of the fear of him, there is still the ever looming fear of Viserys. Yeah. There's also the ever looming fear in, in general right now yeah. of, of failure yeah. and what failure actually means yeah. in this instance is not acquiescing, not giving in to yeah. his desires mm-hmm. and, and 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 let alone how she feels now. Because so much of the end of this chapter mm-hmm. is so like the the focal point stops being about her. It starts being so much more about Drogo, the the way he looks, the way he's sitting, mm-hmm. the way he's acting towards her. Mm-hmm. And well, because that's like, what she sees. No, and that's what I'm saying. So, like, we start getting so much less of her, like, internal fight. Yeah. We get the mantra, and then it's kind oh, of Oh, because like, it starts to work. It starts to work, and she just lets go. Yeah. And it's just like that. That was just such a sad moment for me. Yeah. Um, you did point out something, and I didn't mean to point this out. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And for anybody listening that also jumped on this, you did point out that, like, there was a point in which... She said no. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to talk about like what that meant. Because for me, when I read that she did say no, I took that as another thing. So she, when he starts to to take off her clothes, she says something to the effect of like, she was really upset that like instinctively she covered herself and looked away. Yes. And to that, he like took her chin and made her look at him, like lifted her chin up and says no. And at that moment, she then goes, she drops her hands or he takes her hands away and she goes no. So you thought that that was talk about more what you thought that that yeah meant. that that just that reads to me that like because she almost says it as if it's a question like no like, and and that's how I took it I didn't I didn't know if you thought that that was I, her I, saying I still, no to I, him I still read that as that's the one time where she betrays herself yeah in this instance when I say betrays herself like betrays her natural mm-hmm. instinct to just shy away and and actively like disagrees with something that he's saying like yeah. understanding that the language barrier is still there the only thing this dude knows is no mm-hmm. can i say this and will that have any impact on him mm-hmm. is there any way for me to say something that maybe would stave this off or maybe even stop this yeah from happening so that we could talk through this mm-hmm. sometimes we have like auto responses that go in into effect like in our our fight or flight mechanism mm-hmm. that we'll just do because it's yeah. a thing that we think will grant us safety um for me there's no way that i can read it was already hard enough getting through this whole chapter anyway but like reading this last page 
there's no way that I, I go into this saying that she had to have said that wanting a way to communicate, like and wanting anything to come back to her and maybe hoping that he would say something else. See, other than that, that's interesting. I, I don't know. It's just, it's, I, it's so sir. scary. It is scary. Point. And that's why to me, I, I read it in a very completely different way. Like I read it as she was just kind of parroting what he was saying at that point. Like It was just I like, there's a part of that too. Yeah. Like she was just like, no, because he said no. And no, not as in, no, I don't want you to do this, but no, as in, I shouldn't cover myself up because that's what you're saying. You know, there's a lot of that that I get, but that goes into the nature of the situation that she's in. And I think the level of coaching that kind of comes from Drogo right now, because this is a moment where he is supposed to be kind of championing himself and and kind of thrusting himself upon her. Yeah. And like as a husband, as a husband and, and, and for him to then have no real way to communicate with her, but like seeing her physically mm-hmm. kind of recoil from him, mm-hmm. it's a thing where like he's like, oh, I have to shut this down, and how can I do that? Yeah, there, there, there. It's it's very hard for me to see in between the lines of there's some level of of romance here because all throughout the chapter there are little hints of them trying to romanticize this, mm-hmm. and I don't think it's quaint or cute. Um, yeah, no, me either. No, that's and that's the thing. Like I, I so these are questions, and we we can wrap it up after this. I yeah, just yeah, have yeah. some really really quick questions was her yes true consent no i don't think it so could either. it could never be you know and that was the next question could she was under been? she was under duress psych fam if she didn't and hadn't already been disassociating this entire chapter mm-hmm. i might have been able to say like had had viserys not grabbed her after she had ridden the horse yeah. i might have said that she might have been in a place where there's something in her head that makes more sense and she could not have to not be a part of this not not as a kid that, once again as a kid but like also trying to frame it as something that she has to do that mm-hmm. she's understanding that mm-hmm. it is where after that moment where she's the only thing she has to live with that she's left with is that fear there is no way that that that's just like but here's the thing this is not even predicated on the fear because i don't say but here's the thing i agree with you i agree with you I just also think that it's very important to note that he waited until she calmed down which a lot could be read as she was no longer fearful. So let's say even in her calm down state, even in her state in which she was comfortable enough to let it happen, was the yes truly consent? And I don't think so. Yeah, I can't see because the way again, it she is. still was kind of coaxed into feeling that way. Yeah. Um, do you want to tackle this next question at all? My next question is, how do you think Martin meant it? Like, how do you think he intended? Do you think that he intended for it to be? Like, do you think it's something he intended for people to discuss? Or do you think I mean, that yeah, it was very cut and dry? He put it out into the world. People people are going to talk about it. Like, the the, the nature of, of, of this is, it's, there's going to, it's going to be discussion one way or the other. There there are going to be people who, who look at this and, and see that as, as enough. But, but what do you think his intention was? And we can, we can, we can not even, I mean, if, 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 it's, yeah, if it's something it's, that we really don't know, because I, I wondered reading this, like, was I supposed to feel as icky as I did? Or was I supposed to feel like this was something romantic and yeah. good? Is that the and I couldn't of, tell. Is that the nature of the writing where... Yeah, I couldn't we tell. Can, we can kind of suppose what we need to out of it. What do you think? For him, I, I, I lean more towards there was a level of uncomfortability okay. that was supposed to be there, I think, okay. at all times. Okay. Because so much of it is built around the dread of this chapter. We mm-hmm. start out with well, here's this thing I'm afraid of. And we yeah. end on this thing that here was this thing that I was afraid of and I was dreading. Um, there, there are ways to kind of like move through it. Um, 
where you there's no way you could know. Um, for Martin, the best I could I could hope for is he meant for this to be unsettling. It's not like there's not unsettling imagery all throughout this this literature. So it it kind of puts us in a in a place where we we're thinking about it and and we're yeah. kind of thinking about like what this means because from this point on there there are changes to her character in in a way where I don't know, fam. I don't know. No, go ahead. No, because you asked me about Martin, and I'm like, I still just feel bad for Danny. Like, you're I don't, right. I don't care about that dude. <laughs> like, he you, wrote it. You actually do. No, We're no, reading do. his books. I do. We're reading his books. And so let me not say that that's that's not genuine. I just maybe he really didn't think about how impactful that would be. Yeah. And yeah. and that's kind of where I sit yeah. at the yeah. end. It's yeah. just it was this thing, and maybe it ended up being bigger. Yeah. Um, on rewrites or edits, that it turned into a different thing. So. Nothing. Yeah, it, that was that was a lot to consume. Once again, not a lot of pages, but a lot to to chew on. No, it definitely definitely was. Um, and it gave me a lot of things. Like, I mean, I don't know me thinking about like whether or not it's even fair to like kind of compare this to like what happened in the show, mm-hmm. and we could or couldn't go into that. We can go into that later, I guess. Um, just because I think the biggest pull for me was the fact that when presented with violence, people can immediately identify a thing as sexual assault or something like that. But when presented with like something that happens a lot, which is the other side of that, like the yeah. gentle coercion of things like that, like that still is not good. But um, somehow it's, it's but, not as but, clear but, cut. But it's not clear to a lot of people. Yeah. And again, like I said, people are going to read and, and and take this whole entire chapter, however it is that they want and it depends on where you come from in life as well. Like if you've had experiences like this, or if you know people that have had experiences like this, you're a little bit more sympathetic or a little bit more, I don't know, receptive to seeing stuff like that. The same yes. way it's just like, there are a lot of people that do not understand why some people are very uncomfortable with the way that anybody in Essos, that's not basically any SO. Is it SO? Is SOE? Anyway, anybody from Essos, Particularly the Dothraki earlier um, are are portrayed and they don't understand when people say that things are like caricatures and because, you know, they they're not a part of a group that has been kind of othered. So, again, it's all it's all personal experience, which is why I'm trying mm-hmm. to explore it through this this yeah. podcast. And it's really cool. So I don't know. I, I like that discussion. It was a really yeah, good discussion. I think so as well. I think it was really cool. I really, I, for what it's worth, I really did enjoy that chapter. It, it, like, yeah. It lets you know where Danny's head is. Yes. Um, right now, um, where she's going, because we know where she's going. It actually was the groundwork for a lot of stuff to come, mm-hmm. and like really, really, really important things. Yeah. Um, so I thought that was really cool. Yeah, it was a cool framework for this chapter. Yeah. So. Yeah. So I, I mean, I think that's that's it. That's for it, this man. week. Yeah, and we're gonna be back next week. Yeah, we'll definitely be back next week with, with- another wonderful podcast cat three cat three you know i'll be some cat catlin stark tully yep tully stark tully stark bro yeah my bad um (laughs) (laughs) but yeah if uh you liked what you heard today and want to hear more you can go ahead and subscribe to the podcast on itunes or spotify or any of your favorite podcast apps uh we would love to hear from you and get some of your feedback so if you have a question or a comment, you can go ahead and email us at themaidenvaultpod at gmail.com. Or you can go ahead and hit us up on Twitter at maidenvaultpod. So that's it for this week. And we'll see y'all next Monday. Yeah, see you next Monday. Mm-hmm.